God has for us. And so as I, all week, I just tried to, you know, just listen to what the Spirit of God was saying. And, and he gave me one scripture, and then he did actually give me a couple of more um, to go with it. So praise the Lord, we're going to have a couple to look at. But uh, actually, Brent looked at the first one, and we're going to look back at it in 2 Corinthians. So if you didn't close your Bible, chapter 9. Now, this isn't a traditional Thanksgiving message. And I kind of was like, God, don't you know it's Thanksgiving this weekend? Like, we should talk about being thankful. And, and so I, I, did little, I did struggle a little bit with it, going, God, are you sure? Do you know what day it is? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just felt like Wednesday's coming, and that's the Thanksgiving celebration. And this was the word that, that the Lord had given me. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And I, I recognize that the context of this scripture is, you know, involving finances, but, um, and, and it can apply, and it does apply to that, obviously, but there's more than that, more than just that that it applies to. It's the principle, and that's what we're going to look at this morning. It says, and God is able. Everybody say, God is able. Say it again. God is able to make all grace, say all grace. So God is able to make all grace abound to you, to you. He's not saying to anybody else. He's saying to you. God is speaking to you this morning, and he is saying that he can make all grace abound to you. Now, what does that word abound mean? It means to excel beyond the ordinary. So God is going to, to, he is going to make his grace excel beyond the ordinary to you. God is able. Now, in my Bible I have here, I've circled God is able. But then I've written beside it, and he's willing. Because how many times do we know that God is able? I, I know that God's able to do that. I know that, that God's able to do that for Mr. Davidson. I know that God's able to do that for Bridget. I know that God's able to do that for Denny. But do I know, and do I know that he's willing to do it for me? Because sometimes we know it. But we think, mm, I don't know if he's going to do it for me. Oh, man, do you know what I did last week? Or, man, I messed up the other day or whatever. And we think, oh, but God's not willing to do this for me. No, God is able and he is willing to make all grace abound to you. That always having all sufficiency, having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Another translation says, and God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need. And that's what we're going to look at this morning is that God is able to give to you beyond the ordinary the grace that you need in time of need. We all have needs, all of us. Every single one of us could probably think of whether it's in the physical realm, it could be in the emotional realm, it could be in the, in, the nat in the supernatural realm, it could be in our finances, it could be in our body, it could be in relationships, it could be in multiple things. But we all have needs. And God is saying this morning that he is able, he is willing to cause his grace to abound to you beyond the ordinary to take care of that need. But are we willing to allow him 
to, ha- to give us the grace, his grace, to help us in that time of need. It is. It's a choice. Are we willing to allow him to do that? I know so many times we're not. We're not. We just try to do it on our own, right? We try to say, okay, God, you know what? I can, I can do this. I can do this on my own. I got this taken care of. And, we, and then what happens is we wear out. We get tired. We get burnt out. We get stressed out. We get all of these things, and we go, but God, I thought you were my helper. He is. But, and we're going to look at this this morning. He is our helper. We have to invite him to help us in every situation. So God is able, and he's willing to do that. His grace, what is his grace? I mean, there's different definitions of it's his unmerited favor. Um, But another really good definition of grace that I think applies to this in our time of need is God's uh, power. It's his power, his ability to come alongside of us and to help us when we can't do it. And let me say this, church, we should always... We should just learn to rely on God to help us in everything. Sometimes God's given us abilities, right? He's given us natural abilities, and some things we're very good at in the natural. And so our tendency is just to allow ourselves to do it and, and, and think, well, I got this. I know how to do this. I've done this a million times. I can do this. But God's saying, no, allow me to come alongside and help. And this is what I believe. I believe in these last days, we have to rely on God. If we don't, because the attack of the enemy is getting stronger and it's getting more, um, like it's pinpointed more at the Christians. And, and if, you, if we don't allow him to come along inside and help us in everything that we do, the enemy is going to wear us down. He's going to wear us down. We have to rely on him to help us. Even if you know and you've done it a million times, say, God, I need your help today. Not necessarily, maybe it's not even to show you how to do it, but it's just to give you the strength to do it so that you don't grow tired in doing it. You don't go weary in well-doing. It's important that we allow him to do that. Psalm uh, 46, let's turn there. And Most of you have heard this first verse. Many times, I know any time that I seem to get myself into a need or a trouble, I'm quoting this verse. God is my refuge. He's my strength. A very present help in times of trouble or in times of need. He is my very present help in times of need. But I have to let him. And that's, that's not past tense, right? That's not talking about, you know, he was my present, he was my help. And it says he is. He is. That's now. He is now my help in my time of need. And let's go down to verse 10. Actually, we'll just read all of it. Verse 2, therefore we will not fear through the earth, though the earth, sorry, should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea. So even though things are happening around us, things are changing, What does it say? We will not fear. 
Why will we not fear? Because God is my refuge. He is my strength. He is my help in time of need. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride, Selah, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. And God of Jacob is our stronghold, Selah. Come behold the works of Come behold the works of the Lord, who has wrought desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. And verse 10, cease striving and know that I am God. Other translations say, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Another, in the Amplified, it says, let be and be still. And know, recognize, and understand that I am God. So we got to know and recognize it. God is God. And he says, I will, ex- I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the earths. We have to recognize and know that God is God, that God has grace in our time of need to help us. And, and when we know that, it makes life so much easier. When we know that there's a grace, that there's a power that we can pull on. When things don't seem to be going well, and even when things seem to be going well, to pull on that grace, to help us, to be our strength, to, to give us wisdom, to know what to do. We can rest in God in the midst of a storm. It could be chaos around us. But if we cease striving and know that he is God. Cease striving. Striving implies toiling in my mind. Working over and over and over. Never ending. He says, cease, stop. Stop striving. Stop toiling. We make things a lot harder than they need to be sometimes. But if we'll stop toiling on our own and rely on God, it'll get easier. And some of you this morning might think, man, it's been hard. But I'm here to tell you this morning, it's, it can get easier. It can be easier. You just got to let God do it. Let God be God. Amen. Matthew chapter 11. Resting in him. Even though there's chaos around. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28. We'll read a couple verses here. This is Jesus speaking. Now, the context of all this is he's... (laughs) He's having to deal with the Pharisees. And the Pharisees are, you know, they're just like that, like Paul talked about, the thorn in his side. You know, the Pharisees are all about, you know, doing the works and, and you know, we got to do this and keeping the law and, and very legalistic. And so Jesus is dealing with these people and, and, and he comes and he says, he says, come to me. This is his, this is his solution 
to, you know, the, the Christians of that time being kind of persecuted by these Pharisees. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my load is light. Jesus says, come to me. Come. He's, tell, he's beckoning us to come to him. He, he, in this context, he recognized that the disciples and the people around him were really struggling with the Pharisees and how they were always on them. And Jesus said, just come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden. Um, another translation talks of all you who labor. And that word labor is the most tiresome work there is. That's, that's what that actual word means. It's a very wearisome um, labor or job. And so he's saying, come to me, all you who are laboring or weary and heavy laden. Heavy laden is like a, it means like a burden being placed on them or a load, like putting a load on an ox or a donkey. That's what this word heavy laden means. So come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, feel like you have burdens placed on you. And I will give you rest. Peace, relaxation, re refreshment. That's, that's what that is. That rest. It's just a, it's a coming away from the world. It's a coming away from the things of the world. Because let's face it, we all, we all whether it through our job or what, we go out into the world and, and through just our everyday lives, it's almost, it's, it's like a contamination. It's almost like we're contaminated by the things of the world. And to, to eliminate that contamination off of us, we have to come to Jesus. And he says, if you'll come to me, that if, you, if you're feeling like you're burdensome, if you're feeling weary, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling like it never ends, he says, come to me, and I will give you that rest that relaxation, the refreshment that you need so that you no longer feel like you can't continue on. But that when we come into the presence of God, there's just that rejuvenation that allows us to go back out and do what God's called us to do. Because we're not called to stay in, in these four walls. That's not what we're called to do. We are called to go out and reach the lost. But if we don't spend the time that we need to spend in his presence, then, then we just get, we, what happens is we get weary. We get heavy laden. We come to him for rest. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you shall find rest for your souls. Take my yoke. This is a choice. It's a deliberate, inviting, uh, a, a deliberate inviting of us to say, Jesus, I take your yoke. You know how we talk about the armor of God and, and how we have to choose daily to put on the armor of God. I put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, and so on, all, all of them. And uh, taking Jesus' yoke is the same way. We take it 
we invite him and say, come and, and harness up with me, Jesus, in that yoke. Now, most of you probably know what a yoke looks like, but uh, were you able, you were, okay. So Brent's got a nice little picture here of a yoke for you. Um, this is just a wooden one that they used a lot in, you know, back in that day. We don't use them here anyways, maybe in some third world countries. When I was in the Philippines, you saw them on their carabaos. Um, but, you know, they, they, they would, in the little loops there, they would hook in the two oxen. And I think, do you have another picture of them? There we go. And they would work together. Now, you could have one oxen out in the field doing the job, but if you had two oxen out in the field doing the job, the, the, the job was much easier. And there wasn't a strain on the one oxen as there, if there were two oxen together. And this is what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about this yoke, being yoked together with him. So it's him coming alongside of us and helping us do what we need to do. But he's saying here, you have to invite me to do it. He doesn't automatically harness himself up to us in that yoke and help us. But we have to deliberately invite him to help and do, and he'll help us do what he's called us to do. But if we try to be that single oxen that's trying to do what he's called us to do through the pressures of the world and through um, the, the attacks of the enemy and all of these things, we're going to burn out. We're going to tire out. In these last days, these last days are different than the last 20 years. They're not the same. The, attack, the enemy knows that his time's limited. He knows that it, the end is coming closer to the, to, for him. And so he is going to, it's an all-out attack for him on the Christians. Don't take it personal, but he just doesn't like you. He doesn't. And his job is to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's going to do whatever he can do to take you down. And if we don't learn to rely on Jesus and yoke in with him, and say, come and help me. And, and I'm talking about everything. I'm not talking about just one thing. I'm talking about our whole day. To allow him to come alongside, harness in with us, and help us pull that load. Help us do the job that he's called us to do. That's what, that's what this scripture is, is completely talking about. And actually, when I was studying it up yesterday, and often what they did is they would take an experienced oxen, and, and they would harness them up with an inexperienced oxen so that the inexperienced oxen would learn what to do, would learn how to, you know, what was required of them to do. And that's how it needs to be in our life. Jesus has the experience. He has been through everything. He knows how to handle every situation. So if we let him harness in with us and say, okay, Jesus, I invite you today to harness up with me and to help me do what you've called me to do today. And he's that experienced oxen. It's almost like he almost takes that lead a little bit just to show us what to do, how to do it. And as he's doing that, it takes the pressure off. It takes the, the, uh, um, the burden off. And, and we won't tire out so quickly. We can go longer, we can go farther, and we can do more. 
when we use him, amen? When we well, allow him, let me say it that way, use him sounds bad, when we allow him to help us. In the uh, message translation, I just always have it in my Bible here because I love how it, it sounds. Oh, wait, let me finish in the other first, verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my load is light. That word easy means it's pleasant, it's comfortable, it's good. His yoke is easy. You know, some people could look at that yoke and they could go, but that's bondage. That's bondage, man. I'm tied into that thing. I can't go anywhere. It's not. Jesus says, no, my yoke is easy. And because you choose to take my yoke on, the burden is light. The burden isn't heavy. The burden isn't tiresome, but it's light. In the message, it says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the enforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about, taking his yoke on us. Amen? That's, you know, he just, it, and it's, that yoke is like his grace, his power, his ability coming alongside of us, allowing us and helping us to do what we can't do in our own ability. That's what his grace is. I want you to turn to um, Zechariah chapter 4. Near the end of the Old Testament. It's not a chapter, a book that I suppose we often turn to. Chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel? How many of you want to name your kids Zerubbabel? He was the leader at that time of Israel, and he, uh, God had instructed him to rebuild the temple. But he was coming in, he was, he was facing a lot of persecution and a lot of hard times in rebuilding this temple. It had become where it was not easy. And the people were, were um, just kind of giving up and losing heart. And so the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel and said, it's not by might, and it's not, nor is it by power. In other words, it's not by your might, and it's not by your power. But, but the word said, but it's by my spirit. And we have to keep that in the forefront in front of our minds in all that we do. It's not my might. It's not my power. But it's by the spirit of God that I do this. Verse 7. What are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain, and he will bring forth the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. The word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel, and even though things didn't look good and things, he was, he was suffering persecution and, and hard times in trying to rebuild this temple, God said to him through the word from the Spirit of God, it's not, by my, it's not by your might, it's not by your power, but it's by the Spirit of God. In other words, rely on me to help you do it. 
And he says, Zerubbabel, that mountain that you see over there, that thing that looks impossible, he said, it's going to become a plane. It's going to become flat. He said, but this is what you have to do. You have to speak grace to that mountain. He says, you speak grace, grace to the mountain. And when you speak grace to that mountain, that mountain has to fall. Just like Mark 11 talks about, if you speak to the mountain, right, it's removed. Those who believe, it's removed. And so any situation that looks impossible in your life, any situation that looks hopeless or helpless, you speak to that situation. You speak grace to that situation. You say grace. You say the power of God is coming on the scene to cause this mountain to be plain, to cause this mountain to become nothing but an even ground. That's what we have to do. We have to speak grace to our mountains. The power of God will change that mountain. It's not by your might and it's not by your power. So we have to stop striving and know that God is God. Know that he can change the situation. Know that he can cause that mountain to, to be nothing. But we have to speak to it. And we, what do we speak? We say grace. We say, God, your ability helping me. Helping me in this situation. Helping me to get through this. Helping me to, to uh, overcome it. Helping me to not become weary. Helping me to not become feeling faint. Helping me to not want to give up. We speak grace. Grace. And when we speak grace to that mountain, the enemy can't touch us. He has no hold on us. When we speak grace by the Spirit of God, we speak grace, and that mountain is destroyed. This is good news, people. This is good news to know that every mountain that you face can be removed. And, it, and the good news is that you don't have to do it. You, all you have to do is speak grace. Speak grace. All you have to do is harness up with Jesus, and he'll take you for the ride of your life. You just hang on. And speak grace. And when that mountain looks too high, you say, okay, Jesus, I don't know what you're going to do here, but I'm just along for this ride, so let's do it. And he'll take you to places you never thought you could go. You'll live out the destiny and the calling that he's called you to do and to be if you'll allow him to take you. But if we try to do it on our own, we will never reach the potential that God has for us. Ever. Never. We'll grow tired, we'll go weary, we'll feel like it's a burden, we'll feel like it's a journey that never ends. But if we will allow God to come alongside, he will change it. He will change every part of it. Speak grace to your mountain. And we're going to end with Hebrews chapter 4. And this is what we're, I, I really felt like this is what we were going to do. This is, this is how we're going to end this this morning. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Hallelujah. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Draw near. That's that, we've we've got to make that step to draw near. God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. But there's times that we have to step out in faith, 
Even though we may not feel like doing it sometimes, we make ourselves do it. And we draw near to God. And when, he draw, when we draw near to him, the Bible says he draws near to us. So let us draw near. And how do we draw near? With confidence. With confidence. You can, you can, you can confidently come to God. How? By grace. How are you saved? By grace. How do you come into the throne room of the throne room of God by grace. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. And why do we have to, why do we need to come to the throne room of grace? That we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. If you need help, then you need grace. And the way you get grace is drawing closer to God by drawing into his presence. And you do this confidently. You don't come in meekly and, and lowly thinking, God, I'm a worm and look at what I've done and all this. If you have to repent, then repent. But once you've repented, you come confidently into that throne room of grace. A- act like you belong there because you do. You belong in the presence of God. You were created for the presence of God. You belong going into his throne room. And this isn't just a one-time thing. In the Old Testament, the the high priest went into into the Holy of Holies once a year. And I tell you, they didn't go in confidently. They didn't. Most of them were probably scared for their life. Because if they messed up at all, they were dead in that presence. Because the glory of God was so strong and so powerful that sin could not even be in that same room with it. And so what they started to do, they got a little bit smarter rather than just having, you know, a priest die in there. And they would just have to stay there because nobody else could go in and get them because they're thinking, well, if the high priest died in there, I'm not stepping foot in there. And so they got a little bit smarter and they started tying a rope around their ankles and they, and they sewed little bells on the bottom of their skirts or whatever they wore. And so the priests would be walking in they hear the little ting, ding, 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 ding. All of a sudden they didn't hear it anymore. They'd start pulling the rope out because they knew that it, they didn't last. I mean, and we laugh because it sounds funny, but the power, the, the, the glory of God and the power of God it is a very powerful thing. And the thing is, is yes, we, we, how can we enter into this throne room of grace? How can we enter into the holy holies when the high priest couldn't do it? By the blood of Jesus and by the grace of God. By the grace of God. We can enter confidently in. So you don't have to go, oh, no, but she doesn't know what I did this week or she doesn't know what I said. There's no way I can enter into the presence of God. Man, I just want to run out those back doors and out this building as far as I can. Repent. And the grace of God comes along and it changes the whole situation. And you, because of God's grace, are, you are qualified. You are qualified to enter into his presence. And when you enter into his presence, you will find grace to help you. And this isn't something that we should just do when we come to church. Oh, good, it's Sunday because I really messed up and I need the grace of God because I need help today. So I'm going to go to church and get into the presence of God. No, it's an everyday thing. If you're feeling like, 
you're worn out and you're tired and the, the mountain looks impossible. You speak grace to the mountain. You take time and get into his presence. Put on some music, whatever it takes for you to get there. Go into his presence and find that grace. Find that help in time of need. Amen? Find the help in time of need. God gives you the grace. We all need grace in our lives. We need grace to, to do what God's called us to do. Because if, if we truly, I mean, every one of you in this room have a calling on your life that is far beyond what you could even imagine. And if we all lived out the potential that God has for each one of us in this room, this place, this city would not be what it is today. But we just have to, we have to, we do, we have to live it. We have to live what God's called us to do, but we need the grace of God to do it. But I think what happens, you know, Pastor Jonathan talked a couple weeks ago about the, the four different types of heart that are mentioned in Mark chapter 4. And, you know, he talked about the third type of heart that gets so easily weighed down by the cares of this world and by the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things, it says. And I think a lot of us fit in that category that we just get so wrapped up and caught up with the life around us and the things that we're involved in around us that we forget, God, really, why am I here? Why am I here? What have you called me to do? What have you, what gifts and, and talents and, and plans do you have for my life? And they are good. And they are amazing. But to fulfill those, we need his grace. We need his grace, amen? In time of need. In time of need. I'm just, you don't have to turn there, but I'm just going to go back and read the first scripture that we read. In fact, I'll just read it from here. And God is able. He is able and he is willing to make all grace abound to you, to overflow, so that in every way, Always having everything you need. Everything you need. His grace will abound to you. And because of that grace, you can speak grace to that mountain. And you will excel in every good work. You will excel. You'll go beyond the ordinary. You'll go beyond what you ever thought you could do by the grace of God. By the grace of God. Amen. Amen. So we're going to end this morning, and I, and I recognize that the day that it is, and, you know, there's lots of time, so I'm asking you to, if you have to go at any time, you know, for a family get-together, then please do that, do that quietly. But we're just going to take a few minutes here to really do what Hebrews 4 says, to enter into the throne room of grace. And I know that God didn't have me preach this message just for me. I know that there's other people that need help too. And if that is you, I am encouraging you to, with all that you have, enter into his presence. Enter into his glory this morning. And, you know, this isn't something that I, I'm not, I'm not going to come along and lay hands and pray for you that, that, the, you know, that you'll have help. Because Hebrews 4 told us exactly what to do. How do we get help? How do we find help? His throne room. 
his throne room of grace. You will find mercy and you will find grace for your time of need. So I encourage you this morning, I mean, just press in to that, into that throne room of grace. And say, you know, and if you need to, repent for trying to do it on your own. And say, Jesus, harness up with me. Here we go. Take me on this journey. And just like we've been taught to put on the armor of God daily, put on that yoke. Yoke up with Jesus every day. Every day. And allow him to be the experienced one. And you be the inexperienced one. And he'll show you. He'll show you what to do. He'll show you how to do it. He'll show you how to get through that storm. He'll show you how to get through that trouble. And he'll lead you through to the other side. Amen.